Guys, here's episode number two of the Weekly Roundup, catching you up on the weekly headlines, results, and rankings for the professional and college squash game. Covered this week, why was squash mentioned by the Supreme Court? Asal, he does another candid interview with SquashMad.com. The Nations Cup wrapped up, and it sounds like there's mixed feelings all around, but not from Bill, who has a hard take on it. College Squash releases its first rankings list, and there's some movers and shakers. And what is it like at this year's Ivy League scrimmages? Bill gives us his on-site experience. Don't forget, send in your fan questions and comments. We will read them on the air. And as always, thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy. What about this? This call is being recorded. Fans, we are back for another edition of the Roundup. We are closing out the week of the first week of November, and um, we've got my co-host, the only one today, Bill. Connor, welcome, welcome. Uh, excited to be here. Another Sunday night. We've managed to do this two Sundays in a row, keeping the uh, the squash fans of America informed. Um, last week, I did get a lot of feedback from folks who, I, I mean, I, I guess I assume that everyone follows this as closely as you and I do. And it's not true because I get a lot of people saying, geez, I didn't know that. I didn't know about the Rob Owens, Joel Macon thing. Um, I didn't know about uh, the tournaments that were taking place that were, you know, because there was no platinum events or gold events taking place. So they they were interested in hearing about the rest of squash. So uh, uh, um, Connor, we're performing uh, God's work here for for the squash fans. I think so. Did you get any feedback on the comment I gave you of lack of uh, energy that you brought last time? Was there was there feedback on that? Not not one person told me that you're the only person who ever told me that I lack energy in the podcast. I listened back to it. It's like because it's a different podcast. It's not TBD. It wasn't TBD's, bad. TBD is like our stand up comedy okay. show, right? All right? Like we like we're we're there to make people laugh. Okay. We could care so less this, about this squash. one. Are you trying to this play is serious? More the... This is serious business. It's squash. Are you tra- so you're so you are trying to play it more like a straight man? Is that what I'm hearing? I'm trying to be like Neil Gorsuch and say, you know, squash uh, is, is is just a way to let you know rich white kids into college. I mean, that's 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 what we're trying to drive at. <laughs> oh, so. you're, you're already jumping the jumping the punchline here. So, anyway, well, let's get into it then. Um, uh, for the weekly roundup, we are going to give you the headlines, the action, what's going on the PSA World Tour, and college squash. Um, I'm excited that the the preseason rankings are in and we can share them with you all. So. Headlines. Dig in, Bill. You actually um, so you brought actually, this one up to me, and I did. I did actually. Um, I, I, uh, I uh, the Supreme Court, uh, Supreme Court and squash intersected this past week. Um, the there's a lawsuit uh, going on in the Supreme Court, and I want to make sure I get this correct. So I, I wrote it down because I don't want to just this. You know, it is the Supreme Court, so you want to make sure that things are accurate. So mm-hmm. the name of the lawsuit is called "Students for Fair Admission versus." President and fellows of Harvard College. I mean, seri- that's serious stuff, right? President and fellows of it, Harvard it College. Does, it sounds, do, it sounds do like you understand the what any of that twins. means? I, I kind of do because I've been reading up a little bit. It's basically a group of students who want to eliminate race as a reason for college uh, diversity and college admissions. And they just want to have like socio- other socioeconomic factors um, play into why you get admitted to these top tier colleges. I believe that's the gist of it. I, I'm sure. I'm sure if we get it wrong, we'll, we'll find we'll we'll get uh, we'll get harassed by uh, people telling us that we have no idea what we're talking about and we should stick to squash and we shouldn't talk about things that are way above our heads. But that being said. Um, I did, but while we're it. here, but while we're here, you know, what might as well dip our toes into the Supreme Court. Um, so, uh, as part of that, um, 
uh, Neil Gorsuch, one of the justices, uh, made a comment that basically said, uh, you know, if you're looking to divert, you could diversify your admissions process even more if you probably didn't take into account sports such as, and I believe he mentioned crew and squash when it comes to college admissions because those tend to favor predominantly rich white children is what he said. So that raised the hackles of um, the squash world, especially in the United States. As uh, And it's, it's true. I mean, obviously, squash has that reputation of being a rich white man's sport in the United States. But in college, as, as, the, um, as the College Squash Association rightly pointed out, 43.5% um, of squash players in the United States in, who are currently matriculating in, at, in playing in the CSA are other than white, identify other than white. Um, 44.7% in the Ivy League, which is pretty dramatic because I think, and I didn't write this down, but I think overall for, for, um, for college sports, it's like 33%. So the fact that uh, predominantly mm. white sports like squash actually are almost 10% uh, more inclusive of, of other races than, than, uh, than, than white uh, is, is pretty remarkable. So um, wh- what I found funny, uh, you know, because I, I, I always try to find things funny, is that you know that Neil Gorsuch did not look that up himself, right? So Neil Gorsuch has a clerk. They have law clerks who probably provide them with information so when they ha- hear these arguments, they could have little tidbits like this. And to me, the most ironic part of it is that the people who become law clerks for Supreme Court justices are typically rich white people who have connections and get in, uh, get in to be a law clerk for the Supreme Court based on their connections and not their qualifications. So um, I think that's more funny. And whoever that law clerk was, I'm guessing he probably got yelled at by Neil Gorsuch um, uh, after he found out that he uh, he didn't do his uh, his due diligence. So I thought that was very ironic. So did you say that College Squash responded to this article? Yeah, the, David Pullman, the executive director of College Squash, uh, wrote a, a very well-written re- reply, basically just throwing, uh, refuting refuting exactly what Gorsuch had said. And then basically I was quoting the stats that uh, did, uh, Pullman put in his letter. Uh, the uh, the the uh, and they talked about the SEA, basically just saying, look, it, it's an you you're you're going off old information. And if he if Neil Gorsuch was on the Supreme Court 30 years ago when this if this came up, he'd be absolutely correct. I mean, because you, you remember Connor when even 15 years ago when Trinity College was the scourge of the college squash world because they weren't they were recruiting outside uh, outside the United States and bringing in international players and obviously dominating squash and the Ivy League schools were like oh no 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 we can't do that it's uh you know that's that's not right and then flash forward 15 years later <laughs> they said you know what hmm, we want to compete maybe it is right so um yeah it's just a, a quick a quick turnaround <laughs> by the Ivy League so, so there we um, are <laughs> so the, and, and here we are yeah so, well re- re- really good I mean, our sport definitely has an image uh, challenge, and uh, you know, there's at least it gets us. Um, you know, it's it's always asking the question: Is a uh, bad publicity uh, is that bad or good? <laughs> I, I think I think I think it's good. I think the fact that the Supreme Court mentioned squash that's pretty good, right? Neil Gorsuch, my boy, our boy. So that was that was the big headline news. One other headline we're going to bring up was uh, Mustafa Sal. The saga continues. He had another exclusive interview in SquashMad.com basically raising the issue that uh, perhaps squash should introduce yellow cards into the game because he feels as though players are going after him and the refs are leaning into their antics. What are your thoughts, Bill? Yeah, I think what he's saying is that, um, you know, just kind of like there's flopping in squash, and, and if you flop, you could get a yellow card now. Um, so basically people are flopping. I, it sounded, the gist of the article was very good because he didn't come out and say it, but he did say that there are 
Egyptian players who are guilty of this also, who are basically falling down, um, basically trying to exacerbate his reputation of being someone who trips people and blocks people and, you know, falling down when they don't really have to and basically trying to trying to influence the referee's calls, um, uh, even though uh, instead of in, when they could easily get around him and get to the ball, that they're trying to influence the referee's calls by purposely falling down, purposely tripping, and then bemoaning that they got knocked down by us all. And he's saying, hey, look, it, it, it's one thing if I do it, give me a, give me a, a, a conduct. But if someone's doing it on purpose, give them a conduct. And uh, fair, fair enough on, on, on Mustafa's all, um, you know. I, I, I look at it. He's, he's he's a young kid. He's probably his head's probably spinning nineteen different ways, right? Yeah, it's it's funny that he's now sort of reaping what he sows in terms of um, he's kind of been the he has been the issue. He has been the target, and he needs to clean up a lot of his movement. But um, to the greater point, uh, obviously, we're not going to introduce yellow cards. What referees do have at their disposal is issuing uh, conduct warnings and conduct strokes, and so to include you are faking that was not real. Sure deploy that against whoever is um, not helping uh, speed up the rate of play and sportsmanship. Should we call Rob Owen and see what his <laughs> thoughts are on it? So the Rob Owen yeah. saga um, kind of leapt into our living room last week after we talked about it. Um, I get a Facebook message from Rob Owen asking to talk to me about our podcast and our our take on the Joel Macon Rob Owen uh, saga. We could never connect, and then Rob Owen ceased contacting me. So I was like having my wife taste test my food, make sure I'm not getting blackballed from squash. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so um, we'll, we'll, we'll call Rob. Well, you know, did you I, issue I'm, a cease and desist order? Uh, uh, no, I didn't. I did. I just never heard from him again. He was like, he's, he's really anxious to talk to me. Like he Facebook messaged me like six times, and then I never heard from him again. So um, who, who knows? Yeah. But it, it does lead me to a good segment we could have here based on based on Rob Owen's. Um, podcast interview that i heard and then his uh, documentary we could have a, a thing where we name three things that occurred and say which one rob owen could take credit for what do you think that like a weekly a weekly thing and it could be like it could be like the uh the, the pyramids um global warming paul calls rise and squash which one would paul would uh, rob owen take credit for no i think every each week we should have one thoughts well you know we'll table that for now shout out rob shout out rob I'm available if you yeah. want to talk yeah <laughs> Well, good. Well, let's uh, let's move on and get into the what's going the action that's going on in the PSA World Tour. Yeah, I'm not uh, following uh, this closely, Bill. So, where should we start? <laughs> yes, let's start with the Nations Cup. My favorite, all time favorite. Um, and I'm being a hundred percent facetious. My all time favorite <laughs> PSA event. And Connor, I know you and I disagree a little bit on this. Um, and I would be fine we with do this. Disagree. Yeah. If the PSA had couched this as what it was, which is an exhibition. Um, I would have been fine with it, but they made it seem like this was like a real tournament, like almost like a, like a, like a secondary team world team championship, like a mixed world team championship. Almost it's, they made it seem like, and man, was it anything but that? I mean, the, the one-sidedness of this event was just over the top. So I did a little, you know, as I do for this, I did a little research. So I'm going to tell you on the men's side, and it wasn't as egregious on the women's side, but on the men's side. The players who participated, the eight players who participated, and um, obviously Paul Call and um, and uh, Mohammed Al Shabagi, number two and number four in the world. After that, we dropped down to number thirty-eight in the world, then number sixty-nine in the world. Uh, we throw Gleg Lobin in there. I, I, I skipped him. I'm sorry. He's twenty-fifth in the world, then fifty-eighth in the world, and then eighty-first in the world and ninety-ninth in the world. So, should we be shocked that it came down to Paul Call and Joel King? 
Sarah Jane Perry and Mohammed Al Shravagi. And in the in the final turned out to be exciting, although I kind of think Paul Call kind of like said, you know what, I have a real tournament coming up next week, so I'm not going to kill myself here um, <laughs> because he, he ended up just needing like two point, two more points and he got shut out four games to love by Shervagi at the end, so England won, but the, the whole event, I watched it, it had absolutely no juice to it whatsoever. Um, the two-point two point ball, I think, I forget what they call it, the bonus ball, was a little exciting. Power, but otherwise, power ball. The power ball, yeah, it was a little exciting, but otherwise, I'll tell you what, the matches literally, I mean, had no juice to them whatsoever. The crowds were small. It just, I think if they didn't include Call and Mohamed Al-Shrabagi and King and uh, Sarah Jane Perry and had the rest of the people play, it probably would have been exciting. I'm not sure who would have watched it, but I would have. And it, those guys battle it out and have great matches. That would be awesome uh, fighting for the team. But the PSA sold me a bill of goods on that one, I believe. So uh, I'll, I'll leave that to your your comments. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. Well, the headline here is that uh, England won the First Nation Cup. We we kind of mm-hmm. skipped that part. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I, I think if you were, in, I mean, given that, it, I, I don't think it was presented as like this was as revolutionary or as much expectations as what uh, I'm hearing from you. But if, if that's what you received, then sure, I could see that as something else. I think this is just an attempt at like, hey, how can we make squash more entertaining? Let's Let's create a product that experiments there. You know, and um, I mean, I guess I have a question for you with the the Laver Cup. I mean, do you, do you hate that in the tennis world? Do you hate that? Yeah, but don't don't the big just the biggest names play in that? Yeah, uh, yeah. So so this was if this hey you you but, you put this this but that, format, but go back to year one. It didn't have that right. So oh, I don't it's know. Like, depending I don't, on I don't follow tennis, so I, I don't know that. So if that's the case, then no, I yeah. wouldn't I wouldn't think it was good. Yeah. But yeah, it, I don't know. Just it. I thought this was a real tournament, and you know what? When you have Caitlin Watts who, you know, shout out Caitlin Watts. I don't know who you are, and I've never heard of you. You're 88th in the world playing, uh, you know, in the same tournament as Sarah Jane Perry and Joelle King. I mean, this, it's something, there's something strange about yeah, that. Yeah, um, I mean, this was not a tournament. It was right, definitely an right. exhibition. Right, I mean, right. there's there's no... I mean, I mean, I, I mean, here's what I think. It's 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 actually, I see it as an entertainment product. For and sure. And it yeah. sounds like it didn't get the, the right positioning. It's a good experiment. Yeah. I think there's yeah. improvements that can be done certainly caliber of play. I, I think having prize money on there needs to happen, but you know, year one, there's basically, we're struggling with sponsors in general. Um, so I gotcha. I gotcha. It you, are you telling me that Lawamba Chilshi didn't come away with a check at 99th in the world? Didn't come away with a little, little stipend. So, but either way, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll give yeah. it a thumbs down for the first year. Um, I'm not sure if they're planning on doing it going forward and if they are where it's going to be and whether the format, I, I don't mind the format. I don't mind the four to seven format. I don't mind the games to the games to seven. I don't mind any of that, the, the, the bonus ball, but yeah, the, the quality of players has to be higher than that. So, um, cause you knew, you knew who was going to be in the final and sure enough, they were, I think it's going to be interesting. Um, you know, I don't think I fully appreciated keeping the tally of the of the overall match score, and you know, in essentially it came down to basically one or two points, where Muhammad had to win yeah. everything against Paul Cole in order to yeah, tie which is up, shocking, so. right? That Paul Cole, uh, Paul Cole in New Zealand couldn't right. come up with two more points. I mean, and lose lose four love when yeah. if he literally, literally if he won one game, they would have won. So you wonder if Paul yeah, was like, you know exactly. what, I am not, exactly. I am not going crazy here. I got a big tournament next week, and it's more important that I win that. It was Mohamed El Shabagi's first time representing uh, Team England, right? So that's a, again another thing that left me a little wanting. Do, do you really want the first time? This is this this person's coming to your country. He's going to don your colors for the first time. Do you really want it to be in this kind of fat format, or do you want it to be in the World Team Championships or something just a little bit bigger, even the Commonwealth Games? 
some, something bigger than this for the first time. I mean, pretty, it's tough, tough to get excited about it, in my opinion. But fine. They seem to enjoy it, and I guess that's what's important. I did not, just for the record. <laughs> so uh, uh, moving on, moving on, uh, much, a much more exciting tournament. And actually, it's going on. The finals are going on right now. Um, the Czech Open, uh, 30K uh, going on. Um, we have a rematch uh, in the final of uh, the Swiss the Swiss Nationals in which uh, Dimitri Steinman beat Mueller. Um, uh, Mueller came in as the number one seed and uh, um, and rightly made it to the finals. Uh, Steinman, as the number eight seed, um, uh, made it to the finals also. So they're, they're, as we speak, they're playing. I looked on live scores. I didn't see any live scores up yet, but maybe by the time we finish this, we could check and see who won that match. But I'm, I'm a big, as you know, I'm a big Nicky Mueller fan. Great guy. Uh, one of my favorite players on tour. Um, love watching him play just, and also off court, just, just a gentleman and just a, a really nice guy. And Dimitri Steinman's a good player. He's very physical, a very tough, very, I mean, I, I, I don't know enough about squash. Maybe, maybe Rob Owen could tell us what Dimitri Steinman's missing. Um, because he, he seems like he has, he has a lot of the package to make, to make a dent on tour. Um, but you don't see him in the later rounds of the big event, but the, uh, the matches that, that piqued my interest. I think he's still think, pretty young. Yeah, he, he is very, very young, very young, and also a, a nice. Uh, I've met him a couple of times and talked to him. Very, very nice young man. But the matches uh, that that uh, that jumped out at me: um, Steinman, seventy-five minutes semi against uh, Rafi Kondra, the the German national champ, um, which which is a, a brutal match, and I, and I really like Rafi Kondra too, another good guy. Um, and Mueller beat uh, George Parker um, in in the quarterfinals um, to. Uh, to, to advance to the semis but what jumped out at me is if you go on and uh, read the interviews and you know uh, you know Steinman um, beat Condra in 75 minutes and Steinman was you know very happy uh, doing I guess he does well in Czechoslovakia and does well in this tournament um, in general he was like yeah I'm very happy to get through played well in Condra of course I'm you know the typical I'm gutted I, I just couldn't bring it home and just just gutted uh, to, to lose such a tough match Mueller Parker George Parker's after losing three to one, our, our boy George Parker hit. This is his quote: "Good game, enjoyed it. On to the next." Thanks, George. <laughs> thanks for <laughs> thanks for your enthusiasm, George. We appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. George, he's, he's full of emotion. Of he's he's one of a kind, our George Parker. Um, the other event um, uh, taking place there's a 20k in France actually, and James Wolstrop played a 20k. Well, I, I, when do you think the last time James Wolstrop played a 20k was? We could look it up, I suppose. Wolstrup was the one seed. He lost in the quarters to Rory Stewart, uh, the five seed. Um, Stewart ended up beating the three seed, Declan James, in the semi. And uh, um, Rory Stewart, who was another up, I, I like Rory Stewart. He's a, he, he's, a, he's a fun player to watch, too, and he seems, seems like an amiable guy. So I always root for him when I see him on the draws. He ended up losing to Auguste, uh, and, and I hate to butcher, butcher this name. I think it's Dussard. He's the French, one of the French players. Um, but a, a good win for Auguste Dussard, mm -hmm. winning on French soil, another uh, – Coming off Victor Cruin's um, win in Nantes, uh, Augusta Sard um, uh, thr thrilling the home crowd uh, in a 20K. So uh, shout out to Augusta Sard. So those are the uh, three big events on the PSA Tour. Like you said um, right before we got started, it's great to see more events going on in France. I mean, France has had just so many high caliber players coming in, uh, coming through. And so it's nice that they, they're getting more opportunity to play on home soil because hopefully that will spark yep. on more and more players yeah our girl Kimmy Serms uh is she putting together a high level event uh, in front of the Eiffel Tower she's definitely the sort of uh the ambassador of that and helping to organize um cool the event uh, yeah in front of the Eiffel Tower yeah that'd be awesome would that'd that be, be one you would attend uh, I, somebody would invite me 
I would. I honestly think it would be better if they had an MC well, that was Fr- that was French. To be honest with you, so I think having a French MC would, would yeah. be apropos I, there instead of um, uh, English, English old white man Bill uh, mispronouncing uh, French names uh, in front of the Eiffel Tower probably wouldn't be too good. Augusta Sard's parents probably wouldn't be thrilled yeah. at me. All right, well let's uh, go on to college squash. Yes, so this was one of the first big weekends of uh, college squash. Um, so b- enterprising me uh, got in the car drove to Yale University to go watch the Ivy League scrimmages, which is the obviously just what it says it is, the top men's, all the men's and women's teams in the Ivy League play each other. Um, do you know who won, Connor? I don't, actually. You guess what? Neither do I, Connor. Know why? Because the Ivy League scrimmages, regard, I mean, we're looking at the, we'll go over the, 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 the preseason college rankings, and well, I'll count them for you why we're here. I won't say the team's names, but we'll count them and scroll so I could see them. So the stats. T- Ten of the top 20 uh, squash teams in the CSA were participating against each other this weekend at Yale, and no one was keeping score besides on paper. You couldn't tell who was winning the matches. I went there. The place was teeming with people, parents, fans, just like a really – it was awesome to be back, you know, post-pandemic, like the first full-fledged anybody who wanted to come, and no scoreboards being used, uh, no idea who was winning any match, no idea who was playing. I mean, unless you're like a huge college squash fan, and with all the graduations, there's a lot of new players. And don't get me wrong, the quality of squash was off the charts. It was so hot in there, it was like they were playing with a single dot ball. You couldn't end a point. I mean, there was like 50 hit rallies between these players. It was like ridiculous quality. But, hey, who's winning this match? Oh, I don't know. Hey, what's the score of this match? I don't know. Know why? Because no scoreboard's being used. I don't know how that's possible. I was told by a couple coaches— Two coaches told me because the scores don't count, that's why they weren't using the scoreboard. And I was like, oh, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Uh, do better, Ivy League, because I went there and I was, <laughs> I was blown away that I could not tell what was going on. And to boot, I've done search. I've, since I've been home today, I've been searching the Internet to see who won, and there's no results on the Internet either. You go to the Ivy League page, it, it barely has the schedule on there, the Ivy League squash page. So just uh, do, do better, Ivy League. I mean, at this point, at this day and age, there's no way that I should not know the results of those matches. They're just ridiculous, and especially when you're there. It's just, it was one of the worst fan experiences I've ever had, wandering around trying to figure out who was on what court. It's a good reminder that of of how far we've come as a sport. That you know, like that that used to be the common experience versus now that's the outlier. Uh, I agree. Huh. I think not having uh, y- you and I were talking about this, and I was like, you know, essentially for the Ivy League scrimmages, there were no referees and no scoreboards. And what other sport is that sort of happening? So. Right, right, right. Well, I guess, I guess the positive of this, the positive experience of it is that the live scoring has come, as you said, has come so far that it was shocking not to have it, where you're, you're, you're right, even five years yeah. ago, like they, you'd have, like you go to Yale and they'd be up on the whiteboard and have like Dave Talbot scribble, like who was playing who, and the scores were wrote, wrote up whenever he wanted, he felt like doing it or having somebody do it. So the fact that it was so stunning that there were no live scores to me, I guess, is a, maybe maybe it's maybe we've made some strides, I guess. Well, why don't you uh, read off the uh, preseason rankings, the top men and the top women, and let's see where we're at. Yeah, and I wonder if any of these will change based on the Ivy League scrimmages, but who, who would know because nobody knows the results, right? So um, men's, let's do men's first. Uh, Harvard University, again, top top of the top of the chain um, with UPenn number two. So that's a rematch of last year's the scintillating final, actually. Princeton University back back up there as number three. Yale University, uh, number five. Uh, and and uh, as I said, I talked to Mark Allen at the U.S. Open, and he's really excited about this year's men's and women's team. But number five, UVA. Uh, which is great to see a, a you know a, a t- an ACC school up up on top there. 
Number six, Trinity College. Um, let's see who else we got. The ones we go. Uh, number seven is uh, John White's Drexel uh, University, always, now becoming like a perennial top 10 team, so not surprising to see them there. David Palmer has Cornell back up in the top 10 at number eight. Um, uh, Columbia University, and uh, while, while we're here, we'll say new coach uh, Christopher Sackvey, uh new coach at Columbia, so new coach alert uh, for Columbia University at number nine. And number 10, um, Rochester University's uh, Mario Yanez. So those are the men, that rounds out the men's top 10. Again, Harvard at the top of the pecking list. So again, Target on their back. Can anybody knock? Can anybody knock Harvard out? Uh, on the women's side, shocking, shocking. You even look at this, right? These days, I mean, how long has it been since Harvard has not been the number one team in women's squash? I don't. When's the last time Harvard lost anyone? I don't. Even, I should have looked. I mean, it's probably like 2017 I, or something, right? I am a little shocked that um, you know, for being the defending champions and and for being number one for so long that Harvard, especially in the preseasons ranking, wouldn't just be get the number one spot. But it looks like Trinity has a uh, has that distinction yeah i mean that's so trinity college is, is uh, on on top of the top of the pecking list for and the women's uh followed by harvard drexel number three uh jumping in there john white squad uh jumping up to number three chris sackvey uh number four at columbia uh princeton um under gail ramsey obviously uh is number five followed by yale's lynn leong at six um UPenn, uh, Jack Wyatt's UPenn uh, Quakers uh, at number um, nine, and Dartmouth under new coach Vikram Mahaltra at number 10, and again, another um, at number eight. We skipped them kind of on purpose because I want to talk about Mark Allen again, uh, both the men's and the women's team in the top 10 at the University of Virginia. I mean, who, who would have thought that 10 years ago, right? I mean, just, just incredible. Great to see. I thought as soon as, um, same thing with Drexel, like getting colleges like that Drexel and UVA I was like it's just a matter of time before they're able to skyrocket and be challenging um you know the, these other the, the the traditional powerhouses just because of it's a division one sport uh, they're mm -hmm. offered they're able to offer like scholarships so it's just exciting to see that they are starting to be at those ranks College squash is, is the best. I mean, obviously, college athletics in, on the whole are just so exciting. Today, actually, this afternoon, I went to a Division I um, women's soccer game, um, and uh, it was uh, a conference final with the winner advancing to the NCAA tournament. Um, and I hadn't met, obviously hadn't been to a women's uh, Division I college soccer game in years and years and years and it was it was so exciting and the level of play was so high but the, but the other thing that really struck me and i was with my wife watching it um our neighbor is the coach of one of the teams that was playing so that's why we were there and uh the parents holy crap it's not just squash parents that are crazy holy cow i mean connor mm. I, when i t when i tell you in the very first five minutes we were there a girl a, a young lady was running towards the ball and the opposing team went at her and I'm talking chopped her ankle out hard. Like this girl went down like she was shot and she was crying and screaming. And fans on the other team are saying, give her an Oscar, yelling at her. And this girl's ankle, I think it ended up being like broken. And they had to like stretch her off. Oh and these fans, these fans and the parents are like screaming at each other. It was crazy. And every call, every call that went like against their team, it was like they're screaming at the refs at the top of their lungs. And some of the calls were so obvious. You could tell a lot of the parents didn't really know the sport, but it was just, I was like sitting around and all I could think about is squash. And like anytime a ref made a call, one, one group of people were all for it and the other people were a hundred percent against it. So it doesn't matter the sport. It was pretty funny, but very exciting. And it just brought me back to like how, I mean, I'm in no way, shape, or form a huge women's college um, college soccer fan, but it was just awesome being there. It was so exciting. So um, imagine my excitement for for the college squad season coming up. I can't wait. I like it. Um, 
the only other uh, shout outs I was going to give uh, going through some of the rankings was um, Tufts. They're in the top 16 on the men's side. They're ranked uh, number 15 and uh, wow. women's side, they're, they're ranked number 12. So big shout out to Joseph Rahal, who, um, you know, got a new new facility there. Uh, it's just great to see them rising through the ranks. And what about and, at number 13 um, the other distinction I saw? Yeah, Chatham University, another sort of out of nowhere, only a few years ago, getting a, a varsity program. And, um, you know, it's actually two done by two uh, U.S. squash interns. That, that, that's what I was going to say. What, what do Joey Rejo and Christopher Fernandez have in common? Both my interns at U.S. squash. How about that? <laughs> you trained them well. I trained them well. Who, little, little known fact, the Intern of the Year Award is the Joey Rejo Award. How about that? <laughs> Good. <laughs> little insight. All right, there. Bill. Anything else to add before we close out? You want to give a shout out to your alma mater, Connor. We don't want to do that with uh, leave without you doing that. Oh, that's right. Thanks. Um, so in, in another coaching change, we have Mike McDonald, who is now at the helm of the Denison Squash Program. They went varsity a few years ago, which is exciting for, for me to see because we've been club uh, traditionally. And uh, Mike McDonald is an alumni of Denison University and also just left uh, college, the Connecticut College uh, head position. So there's going to be a, a hole to be filled there. Congrats, Mike's uh, looking forward to, uh, to, to a great season from you and uh, uh, continuing on the, uh, the, the, the dynasty that uh, Connor O'Malley started way back when. All right, Connor, <laughs> we'll see you next week. All right, Bill. See ya. See ya. Thanks for listening to another show on SQR Squash Radio. We really do appreciate you taking the time to listen. And we have a quick ask. In an effort to help us grow, if you have a quick minute, please consider sharing an episode with a friend who might be interested or leaving a rating on any of the platforms that you listen to your podcast. It would mean a lot to me and the rest of the team. Thanks so much and have a great day.